Good evening. Welcome back. I am sure that everyone is, is here and not watching Brady versus Rogers, but uh, that's the good thing about streaming. You can watch this a little later. But in all seriousness, uh, welcome. Uh, we are here for the fourth week in this series, which is called All Things New. Uh, because at the start of the year, everybody looks towards starting fresh, or everybody looks towards something new to do, something to improve, something to, to make better. And, and that's a good feeling and a good thing to go with. And so we've talked in this series about having a fresh start and about how it's not about a date or a time or, or even a period of your life, but just when you decide, I really need a fresh start or I'm called to have a fresh start, doing that, and more importantly, that God is with you. Uh, no matter who you are, God is with you if you ask for him to be, if you trust him. He will help you to fly on wings like eagles. Um, we talked about Rahab and how she was a prostitute and how she still, even though she wasn't godly at the time, she still saw God in, in the moment and she still saw this chance for a fresh start. She still saw this chance to, to be forgiven even before she was, and she helped Israel. She helped people. Uh, and then her life changed dramatically and got better, and she moved closer to God. She is part of Jesus' line, which is just such an amazing thing. And it shows that your past doesn't matter once you move forward, once you accept Jesus, once you decide it's going to stop here. That past, the world will remember it. There will be consequences. But for you, uh, going forward, Jesus will cleanse that. And so you'll be able to, to go fresh, which is why... We talked last week about David and how he had sinned greatly and done so many awful things after being a man after God's own heart. And how when he was confronted, he was a king and he was a hero and people would have expected anything from him. Like they would have been like, hey, it's cool if he denied it or whatever. Uh, as we see politicians and leaders do all the time now, deny, deny, deny. But what David did was show how God had led him by saying, you're right, I was wrong. Like, I, I did this, and that was the key. He took responsibility. He didn't blame other people. He didn't say it was because of this, because of that, because of those people. He's like, this was me. I did this. And he took that first step, that first step of realizing that you need to make a change, that first step of realizing that you've done something wrong, that first step of realizing that you need to do something different. Now, this week, we're going to talk about the next step after that, and I'm going to go to Paul, who is also someone who, like David, uh, was both a biblical hero and did a lot of bad things. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 9, verses 19 through 31. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is indeed the Son of God. So I started here. Often when I preach this, when any pastor preaches this, we talk about Saul's conversion because it's such an amazing experience. Uh, it's very similar to David's moment of seeing what he'd done wrong. Basically, Saul was, he believed he was following God, but he was doing the wrong thing. He was uh, killing Jesus' followers. He was arresting them at the very least and doing all of these bad things. And he was on the road to doing that when Jesus, who was already in heaven, uh, called him out like Nathan called out David and said, hey, you're wrong. And then so Saul took that first step immediately. He's like, I was wrong. And he went to, to sleep in his eyes. Uh, he had been blind during that, literally. And then uh, when he got his sight back, this is where I picked up the story because this line that I just read is so key. Most of us, if we were faced with something like that, if you're just walking down the street and Jesus literally blinds you and you're like, wow, I've messed up or I've done this bad thing or, or I shouldn't have done that or I should have done that or I need to change. It takes some time. 
And it's good to take time most of the time. It takes some time to be like, okay, well, what am I doing? What should I do? How, how should I have done this? Did that really happen? And Saul could have been like that. Uh, he, he could have stopped and been like, okay, well, that was not real. Like, that, that couldn't have actually happened. Or, you know, I was hallucinating, and people would have been like, well, how did you go blind? And I don't know. It happens sometimes. And he could have justified it and changed it. But what he did was, like David did, he accepted it. And then the title this week is just do it. He just did it. Like he started. He immediately started preaching for Jesus. He immediately went forward. The first step is always admitting that that you need a change. And it may not be that you've done something wrong, but just that you need to do something better. You need to do something different or you need to move forward from from some pain or from, from some sorrows, from some tragedy, something in your life. And the first step, as I said last week, is accepting that, like saying to God, like, yeah, I get this, I do. And then the next step is doing it. Now, that minimizes how hard it is, because that's the key. Uh, Starting to change, starting to do better, starting to preach, starting to do what you're called to do, does not mean finishing. It doesn't mean that the day you start, you're perfect. It doesn't mean that the day you're trying to heal, boom, you're healed. It takes time. And you have to be patient and graceful with yourself. Uh, So when I say just do it, just start, I don't mean that hey, you got to go from zero to 60 right away. Now, now Paul did his best there, but we're going to talk a little bit about it as he's going forward. He started. He was not the Paul that we saw at the end. He was not perfect ever, but he was not the, the preacher, the starter of churches, the missionary, the person who wrote in the Bible right then. He was just immediately so excited and so filled with this desire to change that he started changing. One of the things you'll find as you get older is... A lot of people, especially in churches, will say, I need to do this. I need to help more people, or I need to change that. I need to be kinder. I need to be nicer. I need to be more generous. I need to, I need to, I need to. And we can keep saying that for our entire lives. Uh, I am a king of procrastination, and, and I need deadlines. When I was in college, and that was a long time ago, when dinosaurs were all around, and it was kind of dangerous, but it happens. Uh, when I was in college, I would wait until the day before for pretty much anything. And some of my best stories with that, and don't do this at home, kids, but but some of my best stories, my senior seminar, and I hope the teacher isn't watching, which odds against that, but my senior seminar, we had to do this special project, and it could be like a a project, project, a paper, a video. I wrote a story, a short story, because I was in creative writing at the time. And the assignment was at least 20 pages, which I realize right now sounds like a lot, especially if you're in freshman, sophomore, even middle school. Uh, Maybe by senior, you're like, "Ah, I can do that, but it still sounds like a lot. If you go to college, by the time you're about halfway through, 20 pages doesn't sound like a lot. So anyway, uh, that deadline was reaching, and it was coming, and this was important. This was senior year, the senior class, and so... I kind of knew what I wanted to do, I kind of had an idea, and then the night before, I started, and I finished a 23-page story, which is not great, and you'll never read it, but it's written, and I turned it in, I got an A, because I wouldn't tell the story if I didn't, Uh, and and so that's kind of how I do a lot of things, I wait until the last minute. In my my course of ministry, I've had to change that, because you have to be prepared in different ways. Uh, You have to keep going to Jesus, you have to to pray, read the Bible, do all these things to prepare along the way. But I still, in in quote-unquote regular life, I have this tendency to wait. And uh, those of you who know that I write, which I've mentioned a few times, and if you have my book, awesome. If you don't, go buy it. I get like 50 cents from that. Uh, I'm just joking. But 
those of you who know that I write also know that I go long periods of time without writing. Or I go long periods of time without writing the, the letters to publishers or to agents because there's no real deadline to that. And so it's something that I have to work on and, and really stretch myself. And sometimes I succeed and sometimes I fail. And so there are going to be a lot of things in your life that you're like, well, I want to do this and it's going to take time and I, I'm not ready to start yet, whatever. Uh, one of the things that always bothers me, there's always an argument in sports about whether uh, high schoolers should be able to go straight pro or if they have to go to college for a year or whatever. Uh, I'm always of the mind that they should go for at least a year. I would prefer like two or three years just because that gives you a chance to grow and mature. And I know that you can look at success stories. You can also look at a lot of fail stories. And my, my point is not to go into the sports part, but one of the arguments you'll hear for why they should be allowed to is, well, they know what they want to do in their life. Well, if you want to be a doctor and you're in high school, you can't say, well, tomorrow I'm going to go be a doctor and then be a doctor. You have to go through years of schooling and then medical school and training and all of these different things. And I realize in some ways those are apples and oranges, but my point is there are going to be times that you realize you want to do something or need to do something, and you can't just start because there's so much going forward. You have to uh, enroll. You have to start school. You have to study. You have to do all of these things, and I get that. So I'm talking more about spiritual things. I'm talking more about faith. I'm talking more about your, your life and who you are. And when you realize, I, I need to do better, I need to help, instead of just saying it, start and again, you're not going to be perfect ever, and you're not going to be complete right away in that thing. You're complete in your life, just as you are right now. Uh, and, and so we see Saul, he did that. He, he was confronted with the sin that he'd done. He was confronted with the, the bad that he'd done. And he accepted and said, this was on me, just like David. And then he started right away. Now, this is where we get to a couple other things with Saul. Uh, verse 21, all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? So these are the believers talking. Uh, I started this, one of the things I said near the beginning was uh, that your past, once you ask for forgiveness, once you give that to Jesus, in his eyes it's cleansed. But one of the things we talked about last week with David, there can still be consequences and people will still remind you of that and people will still remember it. But that is not something that should hold you down. It will hurt sometimes, and it will suck sometimes to hear people talk about who you used to be, or what you used to do, or to remind you of all of these different things, and they will. And, and so for Saul, who is Paul but not yet Paul, the believers, the people who were with him, the people who knew that he converted still were like, wait, didn't he just arrest my friend? Wasn't he just there when one of my friends was killed because of things he said or did? And even though Saul had started, again, he was not there. He had not arrived. He had not finished. So part of that was dealing with his past. Part of that was answering the questions that came up. Part of that was saying, man, you know, that was wrong. Not washing it under the rug, not saying, ah, you know, that wasn't me. That was some other guy that was before this. But saying, you know what, I did that. But this is who I am now and using it and taking that and instead of allowing it to destroy you, allowing it to remind you of where you used to be and how you can move forward. And one of the things with Christianity is every single Christian you can think of, regardless of how long they've been a Christian, regardless of how much they've done, they still have more to grow. 
Because as long as we are on earth, we always have more to grow. We can always do more. We can always be better. We can always be kinder. We can always be more like Jesus always throughout our lives. And in a way, you can look at that and be like, well, that's kind of scary. Or that's hard. How, how, how will I know when I've arrived? Well, when you're in heaven. But that journey, that journey of moving forward, that journey of trying, that journey of helping people, that journey of striving to be more like Jesus, you learn from that. And there will be times that people ask, hey, didn't you used to do this? And you're going to have to decide how much to say or what to do. And you're like, yeah, I did. Uh, I've spoken very openly about my depression and things that I still struggle with. And I've talked about things in my past where I, I, I was, it was a really dark time. And I pushed everybody away and it hurt. And I hated myself. And there are still times that I hate myself. But those things do not affect how I can be like Jesus, how I can move forward, because I do my best to keep going anyway. Uh, there are absolutely times that I still mess up, or I still am like, man, you know, I can't do that, and I don't do it. But I keep picking myself up and moving forward. Saul kept picking himself up and moving forward. He wasn't perfect, not ever. And yet he kept going forward. He kept doing it because he started now, again, going back to Saul for a second before I move on. After he woke up in bed, I, I talked about how he could have justified it. He could have said this. He also could have been like, man, my eyes were really opened, literally. I'm going to start preaching for Jesus. And then, you know, he could have eaten and talked to the disciples and really studied. And be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to start this. And then a year passes and he's still training. He's still studying. And he could have been like, yeah, I'm really going to start doing this. And he could have still bettered himself and helped people as much as he could and still said, I'm going to start doing this. And then all of a sudden, 30 years have passed. All of a sudden, 50 years have passed. And again, I am not saying that once you start something, you have to be perfect at it because you're not going to be. You don't even have to be healed or, or, or fully prepared. What I'm saying is, if you feel, I need to do better, I need to be better, I need to be more like Jesus, instead of saying, I'll do it tomorrow, Instead of procrastinating, say, okay, I'm going to start now. And again, maybe tomorrow you'll mess up something. Maybe tomorrow you'll, you'll say something you regret or, or you'll even do something you regret. And one of the things I say a lot is don't look at that and be like, well, I can do whatever I want because I'm going to mess up. No, no, no. Be like, okay, I'm doing my best and I'm going to start right now. And if I do mess up, you know, I'm going to learn from that. And that's what we do. And that's what Saul did. Going to the next verse. Uh, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So I say this because Saul had lived his life doing what he may or may not have thought was right. Uh, he probably justified the, the murders and the hatred and everything by saying, well, I'm doing God's work. People still do that sometimes. But regardless, when he was confronted, he admitted it, and he accepted it, and he moved forward. And we would love to be like, okay, well, everybody immediately saw Jesus in him, and they did. But everybody immediately was like, wow, he's clearly doing it legit. 
that's not how life works. Because like I said, and like I've said, uh, absolutely people remember your past. Well, there will always be haters. There will always be people who not only remember, but want to tear you down. Because one of the things that is always true with humanity is it's always far easier to tear someone down to your level than it is to lift yourself up, to realize that you need to change, to realize that you need to do better. And one of the things that you face when you're doing your best, when you're uh, trying to be like Jesus, is that shines a spotlight on people that aren't. That Now, some people are going to be like, I don't believe in that, I don't care, and just leave you alone. But some people who go to church, or some people who wish they went to church, or whatever, they're going to see that and be like, man, they, they didn't cheat when they had the opportunity, or, or they don't talk the same, or they take time for church, or they do this, they do that, and they're going to notice that. And it's going to kind of drag at them and be like, well, that stinks, I always thought I'd do better, but now they are, and it's not fair. And, and they're going to see that not as motivation to do better themselves, they're going to see that as, as a desire to tear you down. And I've spoken about friends I've had in the past who... Uh, and I, I always did my best not to, to live in a judgy way. I've always done my best not to, to hold myself up, again, because I don't like myself very much, but because I, I don't believe in doing that. I believe that we all do our best. But I've had friends that have wanted to drag me down, to get me caught up in different types of sin, because it makes them feel bad. It makes them feel bad when I go to church. It makes them feel bad when, when I do this, when I say that, when I preach, something like that. Now... I'm not saying that if you're walking around hitting people in the face with Bibles and saying, you know, your life sucks and I'm better than you, yeah, people are going to want to tear you down for that. I'm saying if you're just doing your best and you're doing what you're called to do and you're trying to be like Jesus, there are going to be people that, that you've never really seen as friends that are like, I don't like them anymore or I don't like them at all. And they're going to probably be people that are friends that are like, I miss when you used to be like this. And, and Paul is feeling that because the people that he used to be close with, that he used to work with, that he used to be on the same path with, now see him doing the opposite completely and following this Jesus guy. And they're like, I don't like that. And so they try to kill him. And then the believers who are, are supposed to accept him, who he is now with, among, part of, they're like, ah, holding him at arm's length, like, I don't know. Like, he literally just was part of Stephen's death. I, I, I believe in Jesus strongly. And I like what he's saying, and I like what he's trying, but I don't know if I, I want him in my home. I don't know if I trust him yet. And so that period of time when you started trying to do better is hard. Because when you ha it feels like you're all alone, when it feels like nobody trusts you, when it feels like nobody believes in you, it's really easy to slip back. It's really easy to give up. It's really easy to quit. Uh, and sometimes you'll fail. Sometimes your goal will be to uh, get somebody to go to church or to talk to somebody about your faith and you just, you won't be able to do it. it. It'll mess up or they'll hate you or they'll walk away from you, whatever. And that'll hurt. And then if other people are like, well, you can't do it. Uh, I'm going to talk about Jordan for a second because I like to do that. Michael Jordan, and this story, if you know sports, you've heard. If you don't know sports, maybe you still know. Uh, when he was a... Fresh, a junior in high school, freshman in high school, something like that, I've forgotten now. Uh, he was cut from his junior varsity team in high school. This is Michael Jordan, who's the greatest basketball player of all time, who was on my shirt. He was cut from his team. Now, Jordan always worked hard, and he always did his best, and he believed in himself. 
uh, very much so, if you have ever heard him talk, he believed in himself, and he was super competitive, and he was cut. And I have no idea why he was cut. I don't know if he was cut to make a point. I don't know if he just wasn't good enough yet. I, I don't know. But he was cut. And he could have been like, I'm just never going to be great. But he kept working hard. Now, when he made the team the next year, I guarantee people reminded him that he was cut. And I guarantee that was on his mind. And yet he kept moving forward. I, I was just talking to, to Jason earlier about something Jordan possibly said recently. I say possibly because I saw it on the internet and you never know. But it sounds like something he'd say. Uh, somebody asked him, could the 90s Bulls, the greatest teams of all time, could the 90s Bulls beat LeBron's Lakers today? And, and you know, he's like, yeah, because that's what he does, because he still believes in himself. And like, well, you know, how much would you beat him by? And they're wanting him to say like 50 points or 70 points. He's like two or three points. And so the reporter is taken aback and like two or three points. That's, this doesn't sound like you, Mike. And, and they're like, why is it so close? And he's like, well, you know, we're almost in our 60s now. You see, they asked the question, like, could the 90s in a time machine come forward and, and beat the Lakers? Which, yes. Jordan answered it like, I can still do it today. Because he still believes that he can do it. Because once he started, once he was cut and started, he still believed it. Same with Paul, more importantly so, because with faith and what he did for people, he still believed that Jesus could do something with him. Even when he was in prison, even when other believers, as he's talked for five, ten years, didn't fully accept him, even as his, his former Pharisee friends still hated him, he still believed he could do it. Now, that didn't mean that he ever, never doubted himself. It doesn't mean that he never messed up. It doesn't mean that he was always successful, because he wasn't. But he kept moving forward. Because no matter what people say about you, no matter what people say to you, no matter what happens in your life... Keep moving forward. Just do it. There will be tremendously painful times at different points. And I wish that I could say that there wouldn't be. There will be times that it feels, like I said, like you have no friends. It feels like the people that were always against you are against you more. And the people that were always with you are now, you know, they're not sure about you. And it hurts. And you're like, am I on the right path? Because everybody questions that. Just look at yourself. I don't like to look at myself, so metaphorically, look at yourself. And be like, okay, am I feeling like I'm doing what Jesus called me to do? Am I feeling like I'm trying to be like Jesus? Am I doing my best? And, you know, you've seen these things on the internet or in books where it's like, if yes, do this. If no, go here, blah, 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 blah. If the answer is yes, keep going. Doesn't mean don't care about people. It doesn't mean don't listen to them. It doesn't mean don't talk to them. It means remember why you are doing it. And you're doing it because you felt that confrontation. You felt that call. You felt that pull and you're going forward. And so it takes time and you'll keep moving. And so we're going to the next part. So Saul, sta Saul stayed with the apostles and went around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him to Tarsus, his hometown. So the apostles were the ones that, the disciples, as we call them, they're the ones that walked with Jesus literally. They were with him every day. They were his church. They did everything they could. They learned from him. And you saw that they messed up at different times. When they were confronted with Paul, you know, they were tight with Jesus. Uh, I'm sure that they still had some doubts too, but they could see his heart and they're like, okay, it's 
Let's take a shot at him, with him, different sentences. Let's take a shot. Let's believe in Him. Let's believe in Jesus. Because as much as there will always be haters, as much as there will always be people detracting from you, as much as there will always be people trying to change you or tear you down, there will also always be people willing to help. And that's why you can't give up. That's why you have to keep going forward. You have to find those people. And I know that sometimes it feels like your parents just don't understand. That's a Will Smith song from back in the day. But sometimes it feels like that. And sometimes they probably don't. And sometimes you don't understand them. They love you. And they'll listen to you. And they may not always agree, and you may not always agree, but they're there. Uh, I'm hoping and I'm sure that you probably have some teachers or advisors or Christian mentors in your life that, that, that believe in you. And again, you may not always agree. They may not always understand. But when people can see, people that love you, truly love you, can see that you're trying, they're going to help you. And it's hard to ask for help, and it's hard to accept help, especially if you've been torn down, especially if you've been hurt, especially if you've you've been betrayed. It's hard. And yet, it's important. And Saul, he was a very independent, strong-willed person. And so... Once he started, he started. And he probably thought, you know, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go with gusto. And then he started to hear the haters. And he started to feel the the looks, the side glances of the believers. He kept going. And he trusted Jesus. And that moment really affected him. But it was probably still hard for him to ask for help. And yet he did. Now, I'm not going to say that everything he accomplished would not have happened without the help of the disciples in that moment. But it probably wouldn't have. And it absolutely wouldn't have if he hadn't accepted help from Jesus. Because just accepting that call from Jesus, it doesn't stop there. It starts there. And you have to be willing to ask him for help, to accept help, to see where he leads you for help, to be willing to be vulnerable with the people that love you, with the people that you trust, with the people that trust you. And, and, you know, sometimes it'll take a little constructive criticism. Sometimes, I'm sure the, the disciples sat with Paul and were like, hey, you know, these people over here, they just see you this way and they're always going to see you this way. So you have to do this. And, and, you know, you really did do these things. And they're not saying it in like a judgy or like a, an angry way, but like, hey, you know, you got to own up to this. And so he did because he accepted help. And again, he was still a confident, bold person but he was willing to accept help. And that's part of this. That's part of just do it. That's part of moving forward. It's accepting that sometimes you're going to need help. Whatever it is. To be more like Jesus, we recognize that that while Jesus was complete and perfect and, and didn't need anybody, he still accepted people around him. He still gave the disciples things to do. He was still a part of a community. And that shows us How to live, what to do. Last part of the scripture. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Real quick, if you don't know that phrase, fear of the Lord is a church phrase. It does not mean scared of the Lord. It means respect. It means uh, feeling His holiness. It means understanding He's in control. And so this talks about how the churches began to live at peace. Now that doesn't mean that Paul doing what Paul did was the the force that made everything work. Now he was an important part of this. 
That's always God. It's always Jesus. He's in charge of things. He is who saves people. We do our best, but He is the one that closes the deal, so to speak. We plant the seed with our words, with our actions, with our example. And He makes it grow. People have to accept that. It's a free will thing. But the thing is, when you do your best, when you are doing your best to live for Jesus, even before you're completely there, when you're doing your best, it impacts other people. I know that, like, like I said, there will be haters, and I know that people won't always understand, but it will plant that seed just by doing your best. And the more you try, the more you do, the more you live for Him, the more that impact will, will grow. And so people saw Paul. And yeah, people didn't trust him sometimes, but some were like, wow, if he can change, I can change. Wow, if he can be like that, then I can be like that. And so it helped them. Even people he didn't talk to directly saw him, and that's what's so important. Once you've been confronted and realized, I need to change, start. Again, accept help. Uh, accept prayer. Pray work, uh, do devotionals, do all of these things to prepare, but, but start changing, start doing what you need to do and be willing to accept help, especially when others are hating. Be willing to accept help, be willing to talk, be willing to listen, be willing to keep going forward and know that even if it doesn't seem like you're doing anything, you are. Because just by trying, just by being your best, just by being like Jesus, you are having a positive impact on other people. And, and it would be awesome if everybody that, that was impacted by you would come up to you and tell you they're not going to. Imagine, think in your life about people that have positively impacted you. Probably you've not told all of them. Some of them maybe. But we just don't do that. It, it's, it's a weird conversation sometimes. But know that you are making a difference. And keep going forward. Keep trying. Keep, keep accepting help. Keep being like Jesus. That's all I got.